Hello, everybody. Hi, guys. She's back. I'm back. We haven't sat down to record with each other since before I went to the beach. That's so crazy. Obviously, I've seen you many other times besides that, but... That's so crazy. It just feels like it's been so long. It does. Especially because now we've started recording two episodes in one session, so like we've put out more than just one episode since the last time we recorded, but that feels like so long ago. Yeah. Because that was, what, early August? Um, Mid-August? It was late August. Wow. Because we put that out... Or we last time we recorded was August 28th. Wow. We're back! No, no, oh. it wasn't August 28th. <laughs> what am I saying? No, it was July 28th. <laughs> was it so really July 28th? July 28th? Oh my gosh. Because I went down to the beach on July 30th. Oh yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to Don't Fuck With Ghosts, the podcast about all things haunted, spooky, and supernatural. We are your blow sisters. I'm Betsy. That's Greer. I'm a little nervous. They haven't done this in so long. Oh, I pooped twice today. <laughs> Out of nerves? And well, as you know, as Greer knows, that is not normal for me. No, that's the not normal. The first time was because of coffee, but the second time was because was brief, like right before you got here because I was nervous. Well, we're having chili for dinner, so. Oh, yeah. Prepare I was getting gassy, yourself. and I thought it was just me being gassy, but it was actually because I was nervous. So I'm hoping that's like out of my system now and we'll be out like once we're done recording. But the chili will like reamp it. <laughs> it'll, it'll be a reamp. <laughs> Yeah, but we're watching a scary movie after this. I know, I'm so excited. What's it called again? Detachment? <laughs> wait, what, wait, what is it called? The Descent. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it keeps okay. popping up on all of these like reels and TikToks that I've been watching of like top scary movies of all time. And you said it, one guy said it was, he was measuring scary movies by like heart rate. Well, he, he was like, like report, on, right? he was reading somebody else's report that had based this like scariness level of a movie off of how many like the average beats per minute of people's heart rates yeah um and the descent was number 13 but he was like in my personal opinion it should be number one. Oh, i'm excited because i never heard of it until you brought it up i kept i'm yeah i hadn't heard of, about it either until like the last couple weeks when i keep seeing it pop up and i like a good cave story yeah oh well Okay, so I watched the trailer, uh-huh. and it has a lot of elements of claustrophobia. <laughs> I think. Oh, oops. <laughs> we just scared Betsy's cat. Bye, Stevie Nicks. Oh, she's still here. Oh, okay, she's Hi. chilling. Um, <laughs> I think a lot about how if I were to go into a cave, I would not be claustrophobic. Like I would feel claustrophobic if it was height, like if it was really low. But in terms of tightness, that doesn't phase me as Ooh, much. Oh, no, that phases me a but lot. But, like, crawling, like, in the, the pyramids in Oh, so, like, Egypt. if you're horizontal, <gasps> that's bad. Yes. Okay, well, it looks like it's both in this, because they're crawling <laughs> horizontal, but, like, the walls are tight on them, so it's, like, really bad, and there's <gasps> oh some, like, God. rock falling going on. Oh, oh this is, this will be, like, a, this will hit a very so that, specific niche <laughs> that of my fears. like, some sort of monster that's chasing them. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so. What did it come out? Uh, 2005. <laughs> so okay. it's old. Perfect. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to watch that. So tell us about your Thailand trip. Oh, well, you know all about it, but yeah, Thailand was <laughs> so amazing. Um, I was there with my cousin Katie. Shout out. She's probably listening. Katie brought me along on this like whirlwind of a trip. We started out in Singapore and we then went to Bangkok 
Chiang Mai, Chiang Rai, and Phuket. And we were there for like two weeks total. And it was just like so amazing. We had so much good food. We did so much shopping because the U.S. dollar is quite strong in Thailand. So like we went to these markets and we would just black out and buy so much stuff. It was great. Um, Yeah, it was just like, I don't know. There was like so much happened. I can't even like recap it appropriately because it was just so unbelievable. Oh, we saw elephants. I was going to say, what was the best part? Okay, the best part was the elephants, of course. We went on this like beautiful private walk with the elephants in the morning um we were staying at this hotel that was on this gigantic elephant sanctuary and it it was like very romantical like katie and i felt like we were on a honeymoon for that part of the trip um but yeah the elephants were great Mm. the food was really good too although we couldn't eat thai food the whole time like we were kind of getting like it was just a lot to keep eating thai food so we did get italian at one of the restaurants and i had the best carbonara of my entire life oh wow yeah that's nice it was so good because i recently had the worst at um pines of florence yeah yeah it was bad well i told you that's where i got covid (laughs) betsy had bad pasta at this restaurant and that was where i got covid two years ago so it checks out yeah i mean the waiter was really nice and we gave him a good tip because he was really attentive well that's good but yeah the actual and my mom's pasta was pretty good but i think what happened was the eggs in the carbonara scrambled and like there wasn't oh. enough like salt and it was just i ate the whole thing because i was really hungry yeah. but yeah that's the worst when you eat a full meal and you're full but you're not satisfied because it yeah. wasn't good i was like eh, that's fine <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was a great trip until i got the flu on my way back yeah and i survived but i did have 103 degree fever which was kind of crazy um and it confirmed it was the flu not covid i got tested i'm not like <laughs> trying to lie out here it was was the flu but yeah it was amazing and i can literally never repay katie for taking me katie i can't repay you if you're listening so thank you love you gratitude (laughs) so that was my trip but then since we well you and nikki recorded but you went to the beach yeah this is like our end of summer i know we have a lot to talk about today so so much um yeah i went to the beach and i did the beaufort ghost walk which was so much fun um the tour guides as i've mentioned before dress up like pirates so amazing and she did the accent like the whole time she never broke character and it was really good and yeah we went to several locations there was one that was like an old abandoned house that was the scariest one that we went to um and it belonged to this guy that I don't know what he died of but he died and his (laughs) wife had him I don't know if you've ever heard of a death portrait um no but I could guess what it is he's dead yeah. And they paint him with the rest of the family around oh, him. Oh, that's, like, and they, actually like, horrible. And they, like, position him. It's not like he's in a coffin <gasps> oh, or anything. yes. They position yes. him, like, that's, with the family, like, he's still alive, but he's actually dead. That's horrifying. Yes. I yeah. So they is. did that at that house, and mm-hmm. it was really scary. And I think the people that bought it keep trying to, like, renovate it and stuff, and it's not it's not working. It's not working out for it's them. Working out. No. So wow. it's still under repairs, quote unquote, but it's just sitting abandoned, all boarded up. Yeah. And we were there at like the dead of night. It was terrifying. That's so scary. <laughs> and also you made a TikTok. I did make a TikTok. It, so so check it out. Check it's it also out. real on our Instagram. Sweet. So yeah, it was really fun. Um, did not get to go on the Alexandria ghost tour, unfortunately, know, so, but those, those go like year round. So I'm not worried about it. Yeah. We'll make it one time. One of these days. One of these days. <laughs> It'll happen. Yeah. Um, 
but we also had a great weekend this weekend. We did two autumnal activities. Yeah, we this month to, has been going yeah, crazy. It has been. <laughs> we, on Friday, we went to our beloved haunted forest. Forest? Forest? <laughs> haunted forest mark <laughs> yes in the middle of nowhere maryland literally like you kind of lose cell service and you drive you do. down this like sort of gravelly yeah. road with overhanging it's interesting trees. because the cell service literally goes out once you got onto the farm yeah it's pretty crazy um, it's so fun but yeah half the fun is driving there and seeing all of the crazy mansions that people are living in mm-hmm. in like the bumfuck middle of nowhere yeah and then also driving through like thickets of woods and getting scared that the car is gonna go out and you're gonna lose your life. You're not well that, but <laughs> <laughs> like you're gonna lose like what is the word I'm trying to say? Power. Power. Like Gas. your your car just your battery's gonna die. Out. Yes. <laughs> You're losing your mode of transportation. You're losing your marbles. And of course, like we said, limited cell service. So Yeah, it's great. If you guys live in the DMV area, but DC, Maryland, Virginia, I forget that like some people don't know what that acronym means if you're not from here. But oh. if you're living in the DMV area, you should go to Markov's Haunted Forest because yeah. they kind of have something for everybody. They have this gigantic scary trail. It was like a half hour this year. It was long. Yeah, it felt really long this year, which I like. So nice. Um, but it's a, this huge trail that goes deep into the woods. You're walking through these like really incredible, like professionally built sets. It's like it's really impressive. Like movie. Yeah, level. Like you feel like you're in like movie level. High sets. budget movie level set. Absolutely. And then they also have these huge bonfires and music and food and activities. So even if you don't want to be super scared on the trail, you can go to hang out and it's really fun. But it was great. My voice is still a little raspy from screaming so oh, much. Oh yeah. Yeah, we did a lot of screaming this weekend. We did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but didn't you say you wanted to possibly do your bachelorette party there or part of it there? Oh, yeah. I was I was briefly inspired of because I definitely want to do, and this isn't like till a long ways down the line, but I definitely want to do like a cabin type of weekend for my bachelorette. And I was like, well, what if we did it in Maryland and then we went to Markov's for one of the nights? I don't I mean. think all my friends would be down, but it was like a little inkling of an idea that I had. So I'm keeping it, I'm keeping it filed away here's the thing. in the back of my mind. Also, it's free to go and hang out in that little thicket. This is true. You know, by the bonfires and DJ Daddy Longlegs. Our man, DJ Daddy Longlegs. Shout out. Exactly. Cameron Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was like a little idea that I had because um, it would just be so on brand and it'd be so fun. That would be It'd really be like fun. a fun, wholesome bachelorette activity yeah. to do. So, I agree. That was my little idea. Um, but the run fair was also super fun. Yeah, we the next day <laughs> we drove back into Maryland back to into attend the, woods again. the Maryland Renaissance Festival, which we've talked about before and it's just so much fun everyone dresses to the nines like i feel like you're either going in regular clothes or you're going in like a full-on costume there's no really in between yeah it's very in some of the costumes you can tell people pay like yeah hundreds or thousands of dollars (laughs) they're they're pretty impressive yeah but it was great. Um, but we yeah, we got to watch jousting. But mm-hmm. then it torrentially downpoured on us. <laughs> but luckily, we brought our umbrellas. But the jousting got cut short. 
Um, but it was fine. We still had so much fun. It was. You got your crystals. I got so it many crystals. crystals. I got so many crystals. I got obsidian, tiger's eye, selenite, lapis lazuli. Oh, and a howlite worry stone. Did you put that? Does the selenite? Yeah, the selenite's on top of my bedroom nice. door because it wouldn't nice. go. It wouldn't fit on the door frame by the front door. Yeah. So I did my bedroom instead. And it's for protection. Mm-hmm. And positive energy. Nice. Yeah. It was great. We had delicious food. We both got beef stew in a bread bowl. Yep. It was great. I got fried mac and cheese on a stick. Hot apple cider, which was oh great. Oh my after god, the, the apple cider was so poured good. on. <laughs> so Betsy and our other friends, they said that the Maryland Renaissance Fair is the second biggest yeah. in the country. Yeah, after Texas. Biggest. So again, if you live in the area, you should definitely go. It's a ton of fun. And if you keep, don't live near the Maryland one, just like check out if there's one near you. Because last year was my first time going, and I didn't really know what to expect. And I loved it so much more than I thought I would. Yeah. Like, I thought it would be kind of silly, and, like, it was silly, but in a positive way. And then I was like, this is actually yeah. so fun. It's just a place where everyone can be themselves mm-hmm. and be silly and fun for the weekend. Yeah, it was great. And drink mead and be merry. Yes. Prepare thyself for merriment. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> okay, well, I wanted to um, – well, before we do our Sad Girl Book Club update – I was thinking, well, it's kind of tied into it, really, but I was talking to one of our patrons, Tom, shout out Tom, and he asked me, how does one join the Sad Girl Book Club? And I was like, oh, that's just what we call it when we talk about what (laughs) books we're reading at the moment. But I was thinking that I would start posting, like, what books I'm reading on our Patreon, and then I'm almost done with the third um, installment of... Nice. Uh, the Conjuring book series, House of Darkness, House of Light. And I'm thinking of just doing like a little review of the whole series on Ooh. the Patreon so that our patrons can see it, comment on it, and maybe add what they're reading so that it can become like an actual book club and that our patrons can take advantage of that. I like it. Yeah. So that's what all I wanted to say about that. <laughs> I like it. Um, maybe do some, because we've watched, how many scary movies have we watched so far? This year? Well, we watched Insidious um, the Red Door. Blair Witch. Blair Witch. I don't know if, I mean, The Exorcist is iconic. I don't need to write anything about that. Um, But we're going to watch The Descent tonight. And I feel like there was something else. Well, Well, we've watched like cutesy. Cutesy. And I've watched a couple things on my own that I've talked about on previous Mm -hmm. episodes. So I might not do full like reviews, but I I could post like out of 10 or five stars. Something yeah, like a and list. if our patrons have also watched those, they can comment on it. Just something I've been I'm brainstorming and kind of want to start that conversation with our patrons and get to know you all a little bit better. I like it. I can tell you're in thinking mode, like you're in grad school. You're like, right, <laughs> yeah, the I'm wheels, in brainstorming. The academic mode. wheels are turning again. <laughs> they are. Oh my god, my foot has fallen asleep. Ow! <laughs> But speaking of Sagro Book Club, okay, so you're just about finished with Yes, that. I'm just about finished with it, and I'm going to post my little review, and then I'm going to start reading. I th- if if you're into spooky books and you're on social media, you've probably seen people posting about this book, including Darling Desi. <laughs> it's called The Unfortunate Side Effects of Heartbreak and Magic, and it's supposed to be like a combination of Practical Magic yes. and Gilmore Girls, and I ordered that, one. and I'm reading it next. Nice. So. Love it. That's my update. I started rereading Harry Potter. And I'm probably going to do the whole series again. I just feel like that's what I need right now. It's but, a time of year. But I also, today I was like, you know what? I should reread Frankenstein because it's one of my favorite books. I haven't read it in a while. I thought it was your favorite book. Well, it's well, it probably is ultimate favorite, but like To Kill a Mockingbird is also up there. Oh, yes. um, I also loved Wuthering Heights, but I haven't read it outside of a school 
setting assignment yet. Yeah. So, but yes. So Harry Potter is the current read, but I might reread Frankenstein, which everyone should read. It's so good. Nice. Yeah. It's kind of short too, right? It's not. It wasn't. Oh, hi Stevie. It wasn't super long. No. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll read it. Is it ri- written in like a different dialect of language kind of thing, like older? No, like I don't think so. Dickens. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember it being super complicated to understand. Okay, I think which good. is part of the reason why I liked it. Yeah. It was a classic, but it wasn't yeah. like too dense. Okay, good because Charles Dickens is so hard to read. Yeah, he's he's hard to read. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking of back to ninth grade when Miss Stallworth made us read. A Tale of Two Cities because it was on Oprah's book club. <laughs> well, she wanted to get you guys on the show. She, uh, she yeah, not for lack of trying. She did not, succeed. <laughs> she did not succeed. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, do you want to get into the listener story this week? Yes. Um, so this week we're going to read a listener story that was sent in by Olivia. We've re- read one of her stories before that took place in a hospital. Do you remember that one? Yes, I do. Um, and she sent us a couple other stories as well. One that takes place in a haunted house and one that takes place in a haunted nursing home, mm. which feels very fall, autumnal, yes. spooky season adjacent. Yes, so a haunted house. We're going to get into it. So back in 2015... We moved into a new house that was huge. I always wondered why it was so big with so many different rooms and secret stairways. And after a few Google searches, I had found out it was a renovated Victorian orphanage. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Being 17 at the time, I was always down to scare myself, and my room was at the very top of the house. It was my room on the right and my baby sister's on the left, with a loft through the double doors. My mom had found an old rocking chair left in the house and thought the perfect place was right outside my room for rocking my sister. Mm. Mm -mm. I know where this is going. (laughs) We were never given the key to the loft, as the owner said she was never given the key and had no idea what was through the doors. What? God. (laughs) Mystery doors. Jeez. One night I heard scratching on the wall next to my bed, almost like it was coming from the other side, a.k.a. the locked loft. I thought it was a good idea to knock three times. Oh, why three? Any other number. Why always three? (laughs) I thought it was a good idea to knock three times after the scratching stopped to see if it was rats and try to scare them away. But when it knocked back to me is when I started to freak out. I opened my door to tell mom, but the knocking continued. The rocking chair was rocking and stopped. No windows were open, and my sister then let out a scream. Safe to say, no one stayed at the third floor anymore, and we moved shortly after this because the rocking and knocking continued. Oh, my God. That's terrifying. That's so horrifying. Um, Okay, so the next story that she sent us says, At my first care job, I worked in a nursing home on the night shift. I was always told be careful on the top floor and when using the lift because it gets stuck way too often and to always go in pairs when seeing when seeing two residents. I always shrugged it off and carried on because as always we were understaffed. I avoided the lift but used the main staircase on the way up. It sounded like one of the residents was up and about, which is obviously a huge fall risk. I go to the top and nothing. I do a quick sweep, and everyone was sound asleep. I got to the last room and heard heavy foot, foot stomps sprinting towards me. I turn around, and nothing. I've never been so scared, and it was only two hours into my 13-hour shift. Safe to say, I never went back to the top floor without a partner. Oh, wow. 
Oh my gosh. Well, thanks again, Olivia, for sending us all your stories. It sounds like you've had a fair amount of brushes with the other side. No. So if you have more, please send us. We're happy to read it. And friendly reminder that if you also have a paranormal encounter, you can send it to us via Instagram DM or at our email account, which is dfwgpodcast at gmail.com. Sweet. I'm so excited for your story this week. Me too. It's a good one. Um, So we didn't talk about this earlier, but we did a movie night. Was that last two weekends ago? That was last weekend. Last weekend felt so long, which is like good because weekends rarely feel long. Yeah. But that's also because mine stretched from Friday through Monday. Yeah, you had a long weekend. So I had a really long, long weekend, weekend. But it was Friday when you guys came over to watch. That's right. The Blair Witch Project. Yes. <laughs> so um, we watched Blair Witch Project at Betsy's apartment a few weeks ago. And I was inspired by that to look into more witchy haunting. So I was really excited when you told me about the Bell Witch um, which is the topic I'm going to cover today. And the his, I'm going to tell you the chilling history of the Bell Witch, which is sometimes regarded as America's greatest ghost story. So our tale Ooh. begins... I know. Whoa. Our tale begins with a bit of quick background in Halifax County, North Carolina in 1750 with the birth of John Bell. And in 1782, John Bell married a woman named Lucy Williams, who was the daughter of a prominent farmer in Edgecombe County, North Carolina. So John Bell, who was a successful farmer by trade, purchased his own farmland after his marriage to Lucy and quickly began to amass wealth and influence in their community after many successful years of harvest. But after eight years of prosperity, the 1804 crop season failed miserably, and John decided it would be best to move his family westward in the hopes of finding success on new land. Uh, John and Lucy Bell had nine children. Of course. Because you gotta, back then, half of them are going to fucking die. (laughs) But nine children named Jesse John Jr. Drury, Benjamin Drury, Drew R-Y, Drury. He's not really important. Um, (laughs) Benjamin Esther Zadok, Richard Williams, Joel Egbert, and their youngest daughter, Elizabeth, who went by Betsy. She is important later on in the story. Okay. So they have this huge family of 11 people. And in the winter of 1804 into 1805, John Bell and his family embarked on a journey through the treacherous mountains of North Carolina and East Tennessee, ultimately landing in an area called the Barren Plains, which is located in modern-day Robertson County, Tennessee. So upon arriving in Tennessee, John Bell purchased many acres of land and a large house for his family. The Bell family also enslaved several people on their property, one of whom who had notable experiences with the infamous witch, which I'll get into later in our story. And so over the next few years, as John Bell once again became a successful farmer, he gained the respect of those in their new community, and he eventually became an elder in the Red River Baptist Church and played an active role in his neighbors' lives. So, like, they had a really good reputation in their community, were very integrated with their neighbors, and, you know, people knew them. The Bell family lived a successful and relatively quiet life on their farm until strange things started to happen in 1817. They always be like that. Being strange. <laughs> One day, John Bell was performing a routine inspection of his cornfields when he noticed a strange looking animal sitting in the middle of one of the corn rows. 
he could hardly believe what he saw, for the creature looked like an animal with the body of a dog and the head of a rabbit. And so I was like, I wonder if there's any significance to what those two animals, like if they mean anything. So I did some Googling, uh-huh. and I found that rabbits and hares have long been associated with witchcraft. Oh, and that it, makes sense. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, in European folklore, rabbits were often often seen as favored familiars of witches. Ooh. Um, and because rabbits dwell underground, they are also often seen in that type of folklore as the messengers of the underworld because they are capable of moving between mm. the dead and the undead freely. So do you remember that witch podcast that I told you about? Yes. So one of the hosts, they told an anecdote about how they once sold their soul to be a good bone reader, which is like an extension of tarot Uh or oracle reading. And like when they, it was basically like they went to the crossroads, right? Uh And to do this (laughs) steal, it's crazy. (laughs) And they said that they were like all of a sudden like surrounded by uh, black bunnies. Yep. So that's just mm-hmm. made me think of that. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there a rabbit in The Witch? Or am I making that up? Maybe. Like, all I'm like... thinking about is Black Phillip. So. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> but maybe. Um, and, you know, they always pull bunnies out of a hat for mm-hmm. when you're a magician. Mm-hmm. So. And the connection between witches and rabbits even goes back further into ancient folklore. The Druids said that rabbits brought death and should, be, and should a rabbit run toward a person that person was being readied for a fast journey to the underworld. Oh, my. So you've got the head of a rabbit, which is not great. And then the body of the dog brought up a couple things for me. And my immediate first thought, because we've just watched The Exorcist, is the opening sequence of The Exorcist when um, the priest is in, is he in Iraq? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah. in Iraq, and he sees the statue of the demon, and he hears those two black dogs fighting each other and, like, barking and howling, and that yeah. was to foreshadow the manifestation of the demon that would later haunt Reagan. And I also thought of the Grimm in Harry Potter, Ooh. which, for those who don't know, is an omen of imminent death that takes the shape of a large black dog. And so I was Googling dogs, and I found out that there are these things called hellhounds. I was literally yep. about to just say. Which are mythological hounds that embody the guardian or servant of hell, the devil, or the underworld. Well, you know Fluffy's a hellhound. Wait, really? Yeah, he's a Cerberus, three-headed dog. (gasps) Oh, Cerberus. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So poor John Bell sees this rabbit dog creature in his cornfields, and he shoots at it several times, but the creature vanished from sight. Um, As in, like, not like it ran away. Like, it just, he blinked and it was gone. And this was the Bell family's first documented manifestation of the Bell Witch entity, but John didn't think much more of it at the time um, until later that night. After dinner, the family began hearing sounds on the outside walls of their log home. The sounds continued with increasing frequency and force each night. And at this point, John Bell and his family thought the sounds were coming from people. Like, I don't know what they would have been doing. I don't I don't know if people like played pranks back then, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But so he and his sons would often run outside in the middle of the night to try to catch the culprit. But of course, they would always turn up empty handed. And in the following weeks, the Bell children would wake up scared in the middle of the night, claiming that rats were gnawing at their bedposts. No. Mm -hmm. And soon after, they complained of having their bed covers yanked off of them in the middle of the night and their pillows being tossed onto the floor by something that none of them could see. That's my worst nightmare. Well, one of them. <laughs> like when you have your toes ex- exposed. Just on a like getting my 
blanket like whenever Ooh. we watched like the conjuring or something where yeah. that's like something that's happening mm-hmm. that shit terrifies the ever living daylights out of me especially when it's being pulled off really slowly Cause then you're, yeah because then you're just so exposed i know and, like because even though realistically a blanket doesn't protect you from anything it still feels like you're protected from yeah. everything so time went on and the bell family began to feel like they were prisoners in their own home they would hear faint whispering voices, which they described as being too weak to understand clearly, but sounded like a feeble old woman singing church hymns. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, not good. <laughs> the encounters continued to escalate, and the children would hear the sounds of choking and strangling, along with chains dragging and heavy objects hitting the floor. Like, they would be in their rooms, and they would hear this coming from above their rooms in the ceiling. Oh my God. Yeah. There were sounds coming from the bedroom as if the beds were suddenly and roughly being pulled apart, accompanied by the sounds of fighting dogs chained together. And of all of these instances, the source of the noise was never discovered. There were no rats, there were no dogs, and the furniture was never found damaged. Do they have an attic? I didn't say. I don't know if those kind of log cabins did have attics back then. I don't know. Or if it was just like kind of one of those like one big room kind of things. I'm not sure. Um, But the encounters eventually escalated from noises to physical intervention. The Bell's youngest daughter, Betsy, (laughs) was a frequent victim of the entity's brutal abuse. It would would pull her hair and slap her relentlessly. It's not funny, but you know, often leaving. Why wealth. do we always laugh when the people get slapped? Because like, that's something because we slap. <laughs> because <laughs> okay, because slap is like a funny word. It is. He got bitch slapped, but yeah, she was getting knocked around by the spirit. And you would uh, the spirit would often leave welts and handprints on her face and body. And Betsy later described one of the incidents as following. So this is a quote from her. She says, "Quote." When the spirit became so tantalizing, filling my mind with horror and causing me to become so nervous, my parents often sent me to a neighbor's to rest for the night. My first night away from home, when we retired, there came a loud knocking on our outside door, which seemed to fly open, and a great gust of wind was felt. The neighbor sprang up at once and lit a candle. To our surprise, the door was not open. Then a voice spoke softly and said, Betsy, you should not have come over here. You know I can follow you anywhere. Now get a good night's sleep. A soft hand patted my cheek and the voice again assured us that we would not be disturbed anymore that night. Well, that's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> a traveling spirit. Yeah. Ghost, demon witch. I don't know. And so, like I had said, the Bell family was super integrated into their community, but they had been keeping this haunting a secret obviously, because it would not reflect well, especially on somebody who was involved in the church. They wanted to shield their apparent apparent curse, whatever you want to call it, from the community who paid them a great amount of respect. But their experiences became so severe that finally John Bell shared their family troubles with his closest friend and neighbor, who was a man named James Johnson. James was skeptical at first, but after spending a night at the Bell's house with his wife, he swiftly changed his tune. Their night began peacefully, but once they went to bed, they experienced the same disturbances that the bell had grown to expect. Their bed covers were yanked off. James was slapped, causing him to jump out of bed and yell, quote, In the name of the Lord, who are you and what do you want? And... and <laughs> 
And when the spirit didn't respond, James declared to the Bell family that this was likely, quote, an evil spirit, the kind that the Bible talks about. Um, And I mentioned at the beginning of my story that the Bell family enslaved several people on their farm. And one of those individuals was a man named Dean. And the Bell Witch had a disliking for the people who were enslaved on the farm and was known to torment and beat them relentlessly. Dean stated that he had encountered the entity several times and that it would frequently appear to him in the form of a large black dog or wolf, sometimes with two heads, sometimes with one head, sometimes with no head at all. What? Which is disgusting. And very disturbing. Oh my god. And if you'll remember, the Bell Witch first appeared to John Bell in the form of a dog rabbit hybrid thing Mm -hmm. um so we've got some consistency here and dean reported that he would carry an axe and something called a witch ball at all times and i i wasn't sure what that was but it said that his wife made it for him which acted as protection from the witch's influence so maybe it was like something with like herbs or spices or things in it to like ward off the witch Mm -hmm. And over time, the entity's voice grew from its original feeble and weak whisper into something loud and unmistakable. The spirit was reported to have sung hymns, quoted scripture, and could even carry on semi-intelligent conversation. And people say that in what is perhaps the most infamous example of the voice manifesting, the spirit was reported to have quoted word for word two sermons that were preached at the same time on the same day at two churches that were 13 miles apart. Oh, my God. So he, like, or she, the spirit, just knew these two sermons. Like, I don't know how they corroborated this, but that showed up in multiple of this, many of the sources that I looked up. Wow. Which was really creepy. And so word of the supernatural phenomena happening at the Bell House spread, and the tale of the now-titled Bell Witch reached Nashville, Tennessee, where then Major General Andrew Jackson became interested in its lore. I know. Yeah. Three of the Bell sons, John Jr., Drury, and Jesse, had fought under General Andrew Jackson in the Battle of New Orleans in 1858. And a few years later, when Jackson heard of the disturbances at the Bell home, he decided to pay them a visit to see if the claims were true. As Jackson and his entourage of men and horses began to approach the Bell property, their wagon jolted to a sudden stop. They thought the wagon had become stuck in a muddy creek bed and could not be moved, despite whipping the horses, examining the wheels, and having it pushed by the men in his party. Then they claimed to have heard a disembodied female voice tell them that they could proceed and that she would be seeing them later. Jackson is reported to have then exclaimed, quote, By the eternal boys, that must be the Bell Witch! (laughs) (laughs) After making it to the Bell property, Jackson and his crew spent the evening telling old war stories while they prepared to camp in the Bell family backyard. One of the men with Jackson claimed to be a witch tamer and said that the silver bullets in his pistol could kill any evil spirit that tried to approach them. It seemed like he was like mocking the severity of their claims, being like, well, I could fight any spirit like a man would. Um, which, of course, didn't go over well for him. Attendees that night claimed seeing the man's body immediately start jerking around while he screamed and writhed in pain. He was pushed and shoved repeatedly by something invisible until he left the property. Neighbors reported seeing Andrew Jackson and his entourage taking flight of the Bell family property in the early hours of the morning, likely to escape the clutches of the Bell witch. Wow. Yeah. Weenies. Weenies. Weenie have juniors. <laughs> and as time went on, it became clear that the witch was making John Bell her primary target. 
Though her attacks on some of the other Bell family members had waned, she continued to torment him until his death. He began to experience episodes of twitching in his face and difficulty swallowing for almost a year, and these ailments worsened with time. And by the fall of 1820, John Bell had become housebound due to his declining physical and mental health. The witch was reported to have continuously removed his shoes when he tried to watch and would walk and would slap him when, when he recovered from his seizures. The family even claimed to hear the witch's loud, shrill voice all over the farm calling for, quote, old Jack Bell, which was a nickname that she had given him over the years. This witch is, like, incredibly active. I know. It's I like know. the whole town knows about her and has seen or, like, encountered I her. I know. We got a lot of witnesses. <laughs> And on December 19th, 1820, John Bell find him, found himself unable to leave bed. His son, John Jr., went to the cupboard to get some of the medicine he had been using for his care. But instead of finding the usual three vials of medicine, John Jr. found only one filled with a dark, smoky liquid. John Jr. heard the witch's high-pitched cackle, and out of fear, he tossed the vial into the fire, which erupted into a massive blue flame that shot up the chimney. John Bell died on December 20th, 1820, at the age of 70 years old. John Bell's funeral was one of the largest ever held in Robertson County, Tennessee, attended by people from miles away who both knew him as like a reputable farmer, leader in the church, and who had heard of the hauntings that their family had experienced. Mm-hmm. And legend has it that people left that as people left the cemetery, the Bell Witch could be heard cackling in an eerie, high-pitched laugh that didn't stop until the last mourner left the graveyard. What the hell? The Bell Witch's presence was almost entirely non-existent after John Bell's death, almost as if killing him had fulfilled its purpose. What was her tie to him? I have no idea. She just decided, oh, he's the one. I'm going to torment him and his family until he dies. I think there are some, rumors isn't the right word, but I think there's some speculation Mm -hmm. that maybe they... Um, like bought property on an ancient burial ground, mm, yeah. disturbed it in some way. Yeah. Um, but in 1894, she, yeah. hmm? I was just gonna say that would make sense if like for like she was tied to the land more so than to him specifically. Yeah, yeah. and then his death was like okay, well that's the person that took my land. So yeah. Um, In 1894, a newspaper editor named Martin Ingram published a book called The Authenticated History of the Bell Witch, which is widely regarded as the first full-length report of the legend. And today, the Bell Witch is known most famously for this chilling tale and for a landmark known as the Bell Witch Cave. And though the cave itself didn't play a huge role in the vast majority of the Bell family's experiences, it is said to be the place where the Bell Witch would reside when she wasn't tormenting the family. And in one tale, some local children and some friends um, went exploring in the cave only for one of them to get stuck in a hole. Um, But allegedly, the invisible bell witch pulled him out of the hole and brought him to safety with his friends. Which is interesting that the bell witch was clearly, like, dark and twisted and evil and was tormenting this family, but he chose to help these children. So, like, I don't know... Maybe it really was just a personal vendetta against the Bell family for being on her land. But I thought that was very interesting. Paranormal enthusiasts can visit the Bell Witch Cave in Tennessee for a tour of the cave um, and a tour of a replica of the Bell family log cabin, which is furnished with time period pieces and gives guests a firsthand look at how the Bell family lived in the 1800s. And for the first time, starting in 2023, the Bell Witch Cave began hosting public paranormal investigations hosted by Todd and Leanne Askew of the Black Wolf Paranormal, which is a paranormal research team that supports the preservation of historical locations. And of course, 
our beloved Zach Baggins and his Ghost Adventures team did an episode on the Bell Witch Cave, but I couldn't find out which one it was because the way that they label oh, their episodes God, online it's makes so it so frustrating. It's so confusing. So I still want to try to find it and watch it at some point, but I was just, I was getting, I was like, I can't do this. I can't, <laughs> I can't keep scrolling. There's um, so many episodes. I know. It's so frustrating. But so, in conclusion, there is a lot of legend and folklore surrounding the story of the Bell Witch haunting. And whether most of it is fact, fiction, or a combination of the both, it was a thrilling story to discover and in my mind has earned its place as one of America's greatest ghost stories. <gasps> that was so good. The is end. there any theory as to who she could have been, like, in life? Mm, not that I could find, no. But I want to read more about her and about yeah. this family. I just think it's so interesting Um like reading ghost stories. Well, I don't want to say stories because this very well could have been true, but like reading about hauntings from way back in the day mm-hmm. before there was any technology to yeah. that gather means evidence. That there was enough happening that enough people were talking about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if it was just a legend, it spread like super fast. Yeah. And I also have to think, I feel like in today and like in the last few years, there's more of an incentive to lie about ghost stories because you can get money through press and, you know, you can kind of right. scam if you they want to. have any of that But going in the 1700s, like, I feel like all that that would do would ostracize your entire yeah, family. Yeah, unless the crazy haunted people. Yeah, or but then also, get you hung witch trials. Right, you know? but also people back then were much more religious and much more, like, they believed in that stuff more than they do now. Yeah, that's true. Because they knew less about science. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, you know, they're, that's why they were so eager to believe in witchcraft. Yeah, because so. what other kind of explanation <clears throat> could there have possibly been? Sorcery. <laughs> but yeah, that was really good. Yeah, I liked it. It was fun. It was fun to read about. I was so like I was kind of bummed that the cave wasn't more yeah, of a part so, of like, it. Are they saying that she kind of she's kind of living in the cave now? That's what it sounded is like. Is the property still there or is it like is So it the there? house the the their house isn't there. They've okay. like built a replica yeah. of the house that you can tour. Oh, gotcha. But this the cave that like allegedly <clears throat> where this child fell in the hole mm-hmm. and then she saved him and this they say that's where she would dwell. Yeah. Like the cave wasn't so much tied to the story. Yeah. But um that's where like the Bell Witch, if you want to go to like a Bell Witch museum or like learn yeah. more about it, that's where you would go in Tennessee. Okay. And you do go into a cave. Like yeah. I think they have like a little gift shop. I mean, like, I'll buy stuff. Everywhere's got to have a gift shop. I love a gift shop. Wow. So, yeah. I guess that brings us to our paranormal protection tip of the week. This week, we're telling you to draw protection sigils around your windows. This can help prevent negativity from coming inside while the windows are open, which is nice now because I feel like we're in the season where it's nice to have your windows open during the day, yeah. get some fresh air. And you can also draw sigils on your door frames. Then you'll take a witch's blessed water, which is essentially salt, salted water left by the side of the bed overnight to suck up negative energy. That's what I talked about a couple yes. episodes ago. I remember that. Yeah, this is from the same TikTok. Nice. <laughs> or you could use holy water if that's more your jam. You use your finger to put a tiny dot of water to the north, south, east, and west of the sigil. You can use a magic marker or a crayon that matches the color of the frame so that it blends in seamlessly. I'll include a picture of the sigil. I was going to ask, or I'll what send is it to you when, when you, yeah, when you post on Instagram this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, how do I explain? I can't really explain it. You'll just have to look at the picture. Yeah, I <laughs> or just, you can just Google protection symbol. 
refer to the Instagram post this yes. week for what it looks like. <laughs> okay, well, thank you guys so much for listening. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at DFWG Podcast for all our ghostly updates. Um, if you want to join our Patreon, it's at patreon.com slash DFWG podcast. If you want to see any of our bonus content, we post our episode notes every time we release a new episode and I will be putting out my spooky books, um, review soon along with my spooky movie review for spooky season. Um, and shout out to our patrons, Brittany, Nikki, Jeremiah, Tom, Jennifer, Katie S, Joanna, and Katie T. Please make sure to send in all of your paranormal encounters to our email, dfwgpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send them over Instagram, DM, whatever works best for you. Voice memos could be fun if you want to release your voice into the world. Um, Please also make sure to rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts because that really helps um, to grow our channel and reach new folks. And remember, draw those sigils. And always stay away from Ouija boards. Bye, Bye guys.